0: Hey everybody, welcome back. This is TJ Sweet bringing you another episode of Living the Sweet Life, where I'll be sharing some of my experiences about how to shape your mindset, look at life through a grateful lens, and how to live with intention. I'm also going to be bringing you some thought-provoking interviews that are going to help you on your journey to living the sweet life. On this episode, I'm bringing you an interview with Nicole Shelby. She's going to talk about how she maintains her positive attitude and consistently focuses on what she's grateful for, even though some things in life haven't gone as planned. This will be a great interview for you to learn how to maintain your positive attitude by looking for social groups and maintaining your mindset. Nicole, go ahead and get us started with introducing yourself to our listeners.
1: My name is Nicole Shelby. And I um, consider myself from Columbia, moved here when I was 10 in 1991, and I've lived here, um, except for a little short stint, Uh, my senior year of high school, I lived in Springfield with my dad for about a year. But I love Columbia. I had my daughter, Caitlin, who is 20. I had her when I was 18. So my life completely changed at that point. And um, it was just her and I, my mom obviously helping, but I and I think to, to start this, I've always had to work, you know, uh-huh. I had to get that job. I mean, I've always worked. I, uh, my first job was at the movie theater and I trained at the Biscayne mall and the, uh, movie, the dollar theater at the mall or, um, at the mall to train for the Hollywood theaters. And I used to be the ticket person <laughs> the very first day, our grand opening, Tom Bradley, who is, um, family. to my husband and I, uh, he interviewed me. He was the hawk or he was Hunter with Hunter and the hawk, or he was the hawk. He was the hawk. Sarah was the hawk. Anyways, now I'm getting on tangent, but anyways, it was a big deal. I've always worked, I guess is where I'm trying to go. I've always worked and then had Caitlin always had a job. Um, as soon as she was born, I worked at women's health associates. Then I worked for Dr. Beal, pediatrician. And from there I went into what I, and I was going to night school too. So I was going to, Night school at Columbia College and working full time and raising a a child. And um, I just have always kind of been a grinder in that sense. While my friends were just in college and having fun, you know, I had my Mm. own apartment and didn't have money to go out and do all the fun things. But I then from there went into sales uh, and worked for a radio station here for about three or four years. And then from there, I just kept moving into different sales. And so uh, there's a running joke that I've sold air, I've sold liquor, (laughs) I've sold uh, (laughs) full websites, full service marketing, you name it. Uh, My mom, you know, I could sell in, um, well, I don't know what I should say but a tampon to a pregnant woman is what we used to say. But (laughs) edit that one out. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I've always been in sales. And I've loved it. I've always loved people, mm. and um, just that's. I'm an only child, so I my friends were always my my group, you know, my thing. And so I've always been focused too on busy, busy, busy with friends, friends, friends. So anywho, I um, so fast forward, and um, I uh, was was I was the uh, marketing manager for USA Mortgage here in Columbia with Reza Abadi. Mm -hmm. And um, that's when Jonathan and I got pregnant. And I was so, I'm not, I wasn't unhappy with Reza or USA Mortgage. I was though going to a nine to five job Mm -hmm. and and in the office. And all my other previous jobs, I was able to be out in the streets and kind of work my own schedule, obviously producing and doing what was expected of me and exceeding what was expected of me. But I had to go back into this, Um, where I had to sit behind a desk, basically, and then found myself doing what I call the tedious work, which I think there are people that love to do that. Me, I did not. So I was very unhappy, but I got pregnant. So I um, gave my two weeks and started studying to get my real estate license. So a good friend of mine who was like, you just need to get your real estate license, girl, just do it. So I started doing, I started studying for that and working on that while I was pregnant. And then um, went to take the test, and I failed. And then I failed it again, and I failed it again, and I failed it again. I would drive to Jeff City, and I would literally cry. And I would be, you know, terrified to tell Jonathan. I felt like I was letting him down. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was like this just this knock every time. You know, a punch in the gut, Um, had cues, and then the time lapsed to uh, take the test again. I had to take the course again. And I decided, you know what, I'm gonna take the course, in a classroom. So I took it with Phil Gardner, uh-huh. who is just everyone, like if you're in the real estate industry here in Missouri, you know, Phil Gardner, um, that old dog won't hunt. Uh-huh. And I took his class and I literally passed the test after my course was done the very first time. And I was super excited to get to work. And Hughes was our son was in um, daycare and I was, you know, just trying to learn all the ropes and do all that. And, uh, it's not easy to learn how to become the best real estate agent. It's just not. It's something you, over time that happens. So I had some struggles there. <laughs> and then, fast forward, I got pregnant again with our second or our second son. And at that time, um, as a realtor, you only get paid when you sell. And so my income or lack of income just didn't make sense for us not to... Um, or for us to continue to put both boys in a daycare. So uh, the option was for me to stay at home. And that's when my entire life changed. Um, I've always worked. I've always been, you know, and even before this, I was a chamber ambassador. I was uh, in a rotary. And by that, I mean, I was volunteering at Douglas twice a week, volunteering at West Boulevard once a week, doing Meals on Wheels once a week, and, and just out there, you know, going to all the ribbon cuttings for the chamber and just making those connections with so many amazing business people in Columbia. And it just got, like, pulled immediately. Like, I found myself with spit up on my shirt and was like, I don't have the energy to change and go to a ribbon cutting. I can't do this, you know. Mm-hmm. So it literally just it completely changed. And um, it was interesting. I fought it. And I this is what we talked about. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's me, and that's the original, and then we can go in, I think, to more if you want. But
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah, I'd love to hear more more about about that transition.
1: I will say, too, I had postpartum depression with Hughes, our oldest son, and um, I've never really – you know, teenage years are hard, but I never really felt – you know, we all put pressures on ourselves as a teenager, but this was a different thing. This was like a thing where I would look in the mirror and be like, what is wrong with you? Why are you unhappy? Uh-huh. Like, you have the most beautiful son. You have a wonderful husband. Your daughter is excelling in high school. You have a beautiful house. You know what is What is wrong with you? And I just, there was something off. And so, you know, it, it was. It was postpartum depression, but I got through it. Then with Theo, my, our second son, um, my the day I called my father to let him know he was that I was pregnant with his second grandson, he also informed me that he um, had cancer for a second time. Wow. And um, yeah, and it you know uh, I went to the first appointment with him. I obviously because I was didn't go too far because he had a bunch of all the scans, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I met with his um oncologist alone in her office and I said I need you to shoot me straight here on this like don't don't tell me and um it was it had metastasized in um you know with treatment we were told eight months without treatment a few months and um he was not able to do chemo because of his age and his state but uh I thought he would live to see uh, his second grandson be born. However, that is not what God's plan was. And he passed away two months before he was born. So that was a huge, my dad, that was a huge thing. And then Theo being born and um, so, so many different things happening, you know, in my life, um, But now, and then now here I am. I remember one day just sitting in our house that we had listed because Mm. our son, Theo was sleeping in our closet because he didn't have his own room. And, uh, we had it listed and we had showings happening and I'd have to get, you know, get the house the way it was. And then get these two boys out of the house and go somewhere with two boys. And, um, I just remember thinking this is the worst, but, (laughs) but I, I, but then I, something happened. I, I want to give credit to Rachel Hollis, but I don't know if we should. But she, I really started, she's it's like around the time that she came about and um, started teaching me, you know, the, uh, we can't be anxious and grateful at the same time. So when I found myself in those anxious moments, I would stop and I would find just three things I was grateful for. Mm-hmm. And it really immediately worked for me. And that's where been the journey of, I can live this whole poor me life, and look at where I'm at. And this is not what I had planned for me. And people outside are like, "You should be so happy! You have two beautiful children, again, beautiful house, beautiful husband, beautiful family." But I just wasn't. It wasn't what I had planned. Yeah. And so I fought that for a really long time. And that's. But but yet I was still trying to do personal development with
0: that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think the thing is, you know, you every time I've seen you and gotten the chance to talk to you like that energy is such a gift and it's such an, a real authenticity, you know, that is so great to see. And that's honestly, I think what our generation and what more people want to see these days is not perfect, but authenticity. All right. And that's why whenever you when we first talked about you doing this with me, I thought, absolutely, because like what you have and what you are is real. It's not. um it doesn't seem forced, right? Um but still like we have to kind of be shaped and molded by certain events and certain things and certain people and you know that's what I look for is people to continue to do that because we never stop growing and we never stop learning um but who we surround ourselves with or what we pay attention to shapes us and molds us. Right. And I know um, we also kind of talked about some of the groups and some of the support people. And like, if there's somebody listening, I'm sure there is who who's kind of gone through and I don't know where they are, quote unquote, on their journey. Um, But yeah, kind of if I'm sure people would love to hear some of the breath that you have about like how to how to pivot. And then like those days when you start to feel like, man, it's starting to feel like it used to like, how do you pivot? How do you reinforce? Like, what are some things you do to be you? Yeah.
1: (laughs) So a couple things I will, I do want to mention as well is that I have one thing I've learned about myself that um, while there's two sides to it, one side to be like, wow, that is a really great trait that you have, Nicole. But what was happening is it was actually self-destructing.
0: Mm.
1: And what it is, is that um, it's almost like a codependency. I have looked back in my life in the patterns and I have always had a friend or someone in my life who I have tried to help Mm. and it's almost, and what was happening is it was getting to the point where I was putting all my energy and focus on that. And there were other things suffering or I was sacrificing my family, my children, my husband, my home, my career. And um, while some people could say it's very selfish, I have learned, and this is still part of my journey because I, find myself still trying to do this to Mm -hmm. myself. There is such a fine line between helping others, but self-sabotaging and letting it consume you. And so what I've learned is that um, friends that I've had, I have friends that I've been friends with since I was 15 years old, Mm -hmm. and um, they're still my friends. I mean, they're my sisters, right? Or they're whatever. We take breaks sometimes. Because maybe what's going on in their life or my life, we're just not here. And that's okay. It's very much okay. For the longest time, I didn't think it was okay. I thought there was something wrong with mm. that. And so what I'm saying, though, is that you're right. We can, like I can't always be positive. My dad t- taught me this, too. If it weren't for the valleys, we would never have peaks. So we would never know the best days of our lives. If we did not have bad days, we have to have that. But what I've learned is how am I going to use these bad days though, to Mm. get myself up out of that Valley. And what I've learned or what I really try to do is I allow to feel crappy or bad or um, emotional. You know, I have emotional days, sad, emotional days. I, I allow it, but I, I, I tell myself this is just a phase, get out of it. Or why are you feeling this way? Mm. How do you change it? You know, and I think I told you you start from a place but you work backwards, you know? So there's I've learned so many things that I used to let really bother me or get me stressed for the entire day, not anymore. I'm like, that's it's even with kids, so go back to kids too. Uh, Hughes, who's five, he wants to start picking out his outfits. I really like my kids to look cute, <laughs> but if he wants to wear, you know, the uh, Kansas city chief Jersey with his dinosaur shorts that don't match, <laughs> if that's what brings him joy and makes him happy, why would I choose to argue that? Like it's not, so I've learned to just not let certain things like that bother me. And then also it's just the gratitude. You know, it's uh, you wake up, put your feet on the day or on the floor and you start your day. There was a period where I was putting my feet on the floor and I was dreading the day. And um, just literally about a month ago is when it all changed. And I said, why keep fighting this? Obviously, there are signs. There's certain things that's happening in my life that are telling me, you know, I am religious. I do believe in God. And if you don't, it's fine. The universe, if you believe in the universe, if you believe in a higher power, even if you don't, um, we all know that we fight things that we want and it becomes such a struggle, and it becomes so hard and exhausting, even. So what I've learned is let's let's re, let's reevaluate it, and maybe it is what's best for us. And if it is, then now let's make it the greatest thing ever.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely love that, and I think that's one thing that uh, you know that I see a lot in people. Um, I know you talked about over the last month, but the idea of being grateful for what we have. Kind of not that we ever stop that pursuit of of maybe something else or something more, but it's our heart with how we actually um, look at the way the things that we have that you know the things that we have now and how we actually treat them because if we're genuinely grateful for it, we kind of treat it differently right it's not so much of an obligation more of like a blessing or an opportunity that you get to have in your life and but it's not It's not something that you can like force people to do it it, like you have to have that enough internal why to like get to that place, you know, and the thing about like I could the phrase that I use is maybe life won't always be perfect, but helping people like gratitude helps people look at life perfectly right and like it kind of prepares us for those down days. Right. So like on those great days and then we practice gratitude like goes to another level. But like on those days where we're not feeling it, then we practice gratitude. It kind of brings us to a state of like an exhale, if you will, you know, like, okay, I got this, you know, Um, but it's not easy. Right. And I think the thing is too trying to have that, like, how do you surround you? Is that something that's in your family now or do you feel like you're kind of rowing that boat, that gratitude boat more? Or how do you feel like that works within your family? Well,
1: I will tell you, um, just to be completely honest, it is more just me.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it is just me. And I'll, I've also experienced a lot of um, you live in this like fictitious place and you're not <laughs> really facing reality. And I'm like, no, I am. I'm just not maybe fa- not maybe facing it or reacting to it the same as you. And that's OK. I'm not saying that I'm not feeling emotion I've had a lot of like you're not feeling emotion yeah I am I've just learned to sort of control it um and when I mean that I mean like the like the Eeyore I call it the Eeyore emotions I just you know I I there was again a period where it was just every nothing could go right no me I'm Eeyore and my friends were let's talk about how bad (laughs) everything is it just is draining. It was like why you just have to wake up one day and like not have that, and um, and I've even had to cut you know friends out that I'm like I want to talk about positives and you want to talk about it. I'm here to listen. I'm a great listener. Um, I want to provide advice if you want it. If you don't, I'm just here to listen. And so it just no, this is it's not really much of family. I do. There are some things I've learned though in parenting tips. Um, with the boys, you know, yelling has always been like a huge thing for me. I feel like if I yell, then they are understanding, but not with these guys. What mm-hmm. I've learned is that no one wants to be yelled at. Um, so I just give it to them straight. You know, we do the, uh, do you want to leave the park in five minutes or do you want to leave now? You mm-hmm. know, and we set the timer and in five minutes, I remind them that's their choice. They usually still throw fits, but then I come with the I know. I know you don't want to leave the park. And then I stop talking. (laughs) And they're like, but I want to leave the park. And I'm like, hmm. It sounds crazy. I've learned it from someone else. I wish I could tell you who it is, but then you just do a hmm mmm. I know. And then you stop talking. I my five-year-old's looking at me like, what are you (laughs) doing to me? I'm waiting for you to yell. I told you we're leaving in five minutes and I don't. And it works. It really works with them. And, um, they're not, you know, I mean, they were yelling, like Hughes was yelling at me. And I'm like, why are we yelling? I'm trying to yell and rationalize with a five-year-old. And, um, so it's been helpful too in parenting because that's that I'm going to tell you, parenting's the hardest thing in life, pretty sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, every child's different, but, um, if I can figure that out with kids, that helps my stress level a little bit. And I've been ch- sharing it with Jonathan as well. And he's like, uh, and then I try to do it on him sometimes too. And it's like, did you just do that on me? Did you just do that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe. But yeah. it's just,
1: it, nobody wants to c- continue to fight and yell and argue. It's just not productive. So it's been a very helpful tool in that. And, um, I just get outside. is a huge one too. I know you like to get outside a lot. Oh yeah. Um, The boys have allergies. I do too, but you know, we really just try to do that. The grounding. It's really important. Um, Enjoying the outdoors. Yeah. Just simple things. We have such beautiful, um, you know, the river, you know, I love to go to the river. I go there quite a bit. We've got the trail. We just have a lot of beautiful places to get outside and just understand that there's bigger there's more around us than whatever it is today that is making us feel stressed or bringing us down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's great. You know, I think the thing is too, sometimes we feel like um, we don't have enough time to go do those things and whatever it may be, but even just like a 10 minute walk or a five minute walk is enough, you know? And it's funny because I have people come to me with the same type of questions or skepticism, I guess about gratitude and positivity and optimism. Right. And, Kind of what I tell them really is the things that may affect you for five days affect me for like five seconds. So like they still affect me, but I just make a different choice. So the power of choice, and that's one of the things obviously, you know, with this podcast that I talk a lot about is kind of giving people back the power of thought and the power of choice, as opposed to being so much surrounded by everything around us, letting the things around us be affected by us. And that is a game changer. And then the thing is, you start to get more of that energy you give, you know, because people mm-hmm. want it. It's like it's like the law of attraction, right? It just comes back to you and it's, and it's so powerful. And then you realize you feel good being good to others and then they want to be good to you. And then it's just this endless loop of positivity. Isn't it is. Yeah.
1: So two things with that. Um, you mentioned time. Something I have been talking a lot about with people is um there is one thing that every single human being whether you're rich you're poor you live in kansas you live in missouri you're black you're white you're whatever you're male female there's one thing that we all have in common we all have 24 hours in a day right and you've heard right we all do so how are you going to spend your time i will tell you i wasted a lot of my time Mm. and when i i think i even said i am very um diligent about my time I mean we live and die by the timer the boys I mean it's a huge thing I'm like I'm gonna set a timer when they hear the timer they know that's the time is now to go down for a nap or something I do not like being late for things time time blocking time a lot of people may not agree with that but that is one thing that we all have that is the same and you can't um, put a value on it you really can't so when you say to the thing I used to find myself have a bad day or my friend had a bad day. What would we do? We'd go have drinks because obviously let's have drinks and talk about how awful our children are and how our husbands don't understand. And we need to have drinks. But what I found is then you're just, you just wake up the next morning and you're hungover and you start it all over again. So going, getting outside and walking the trail and, you know, burning that energy and talking it out then maybe having a glass of wine is okay, but it is the time, you know? So also for me, I never like to work out and I know you're, you, you love to right? like mm-hmm. you're huge in this, but I um, after Hughes, our five-year-old started with a personal trainer and I have been working out with him. I mean, I stopped when I was pregnant with Theo and then obviously after my um, postpartum with Theo, but um, two days a week, I do an hour of personal training and that is my time. I uh, my gym does not have a daycare. So I have someone that watches the boys and I get. And during that hour, I don't think about my Mm -hmm. kids. I don't think about what I need to have for dinner. I don't think about that. The stairs need to be vacuumed. I just think about getting through that workout. Do I enjoy working out? Nope, still don't. But I love how I feel afterwards. So working out has been a huge thing for me. I used to hate it, so I never did it. So that, I think, kept me down. But you know, I know that you know, that even though just go for a 20-minute walk, move your body, get those endorphins released, get your heart rate up, think about whatever it is. It's is. You're going to feel better.
0: Yeah, well, and it's just such a simple thing that, you know, again, as kids, we'd play all the time, and we wouldn't even think anything else about it. And I was talking to somebody the other day, uh, just about like, every once in a while, I'll just go on a sprint workout, right? And I know that sounds like terrifying to most people. And they're like, why would you do that? Why would you run unless somebody's chasing you, right? Um, But my thought is, like, doing even doing a handstand class at the gym that I go to, like, I thought, you know what, I haven't done a handstand in forever. But like, it makes you kind of think again, and it makes you like feel human again as opposed to like checklist 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 you know and one thing that I do that I'm working on is like when I go for my walks or my runs I used to like listen to speakers and listen to motivational things and like always stay mentally there but now it's kind of just a like listen to being outside right and like listen to the dogs panting as we walk up and down the street you know and It's so refreshing, right? It's kind of like the soundtrack of life. um, And we all kind of get to choose that, right? But at the same time, too, not being influenced by something all the time, like helps our brain kind of come back down. And that's where I think what you're saying, the exercise helps your brain come back down from what do I have? The 19 things probably on your to do list every day, you know, Um, but the time goes by so fast anyway, like you said. So like the idea of taking back just some time for yourself so that you can be better the other 23 hours. That's exactly
1: right, and that's the thing I think so many, you know, stay-at-home moms or just moms, period, they neglect themselves because they think that their, their, their children and their husbands or their family needs to come first. And I'm here to just say my opinion, and that is that you cannot even be the best mom or spouse or family member unless you're your best. So um, you've got to put yourself, you do, you have to put yourself first. It doesn't mean like neglecting your children. But what I'm saying is that if your mind and body is not, um, is not healthy or in where it needs to be, then how can you even give it to the people around you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and one thing that I heard that was really powerful for me as far as trying to find balance, you know, so many people use the word balance, but it's just a matter of like being able to pour yourself kind of equally into multiple things is kind of what I'm going to refer to it as. But what I recognized was my day to day job, like I love it, but I put so much of my brain into it and so much of my heart into it that when I get home, like the rest of what I'm going to do kind of gets the rest of me, not the best of me. And so the idea yeah. of like that shift of the best of me um, kind of in both places, but I knew what I had to do. And so that's why I get up four in the morning. And that's why I do what I do in the morning, because that's when I'm at my best. And then I'm at my best at work when I'm at my best in the morning. And instead of just like surviving through the day, it's like a thriving mindset through the day.
1: Yeah, completely. And I think that's. The thing too is, so many people just survive, and I mean, I I mean, it doesn't mean that there aren't days where I do just survive, sure, like it still just happens. That's the other thing. Like, I think a lot of people are even maybe listening to this right now will be like, Well, you guys have it all figured out, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's just a continuous journey, and um, it's shifting and pivoting. I love to use sports now, it's like the game of basketball, you know, you got to shift, pivot. You, sometimes you score, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you grab the ball from a rebound and you take it down the court and you maybe score you don't. You get, fou- get fouled, you get hit, you know, all these different things in life. And it's just a continuous journey. But really it's how do you get back up if you've mm. been knocked down, you know. Um, and um, nobody's life's perfect. Not one time. I think, again, I, you know, even I, I'll even admit for myself these – um, even like this and what we're doing for a long term I'm like, well, they just have the easy life and they're just obviously just don't have all the things that I have going on. And that's just, that's just not true. It, it's just a mind shift and um, it's different for everyone. I think also it's, Um, if you talk about um, addiction and stuff or dependency, the first step is admitting it. So if you can admit that you're not happy with the way you do your life every day, that's your first step. Mm. And the second step is figuring out. And again, I like to do that working from backwards. I started one of the biggest things too, is I always did goals. I had to do goals in my career, but what I changed is how I write my goals. One of the biggest things I will say is how I write my goals because it teaches my mind. And I learned this one from, Rachel Hollis too is that um so my goals every day I have usually about the same five. First one is I am a good mother. Uh, I am a good wife. I move my body. I um, am a good friend. What am I at? Four? There's always one more. I take I take time for myself. So the way it is is good mother, my kids are still alive, so obviously uh, I got that one. Good wife maybe some days it's just, I send Jonathan a text. It's like, Hey, how's your day going? I love you. I'm thinking of you. Good friend. I really try to be intentional on that. And I have like this, you know, I just reach out to a different friend that I haven't talked to. And I'm like, Hey, thinking about you, uh, move my body. We get outside or we move. I do something. Um, so I, but I write it as if it's already happened yep. and instead of saying I want to be, or I will be, or I, I, I've written it as a, so when I read it every morning, my mind is like, you're already doing it. So it, it triggers me to do it. So that's the little tip that I, you know, did not come up with, but I've learned and it sounds simple and it really is, but it's really changed me because when I write the goals, well, I want to start a podcast that, you know, I've always wanted to, and that's been there for five years, but it's, I have a podcast and, but I don't, you know, that's a lot. Like, you know, you have your weekly goal, daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, you know, yearly goals, but if, or some people do or don't, but I do. And, um, but look, see, I'm going to be able to, like, I'm on a podcast. So I'm just like, half heart that out. And so that's exciting. And so little things and sometimes you shift how those goals go though, too, you know? Um, so it, It's just interesting to rewrite the goals, but also I think if people wake up every day and they don't have goals, I would say that would be the first place to start is to start with what your goals are and don't make them hard. Don't, I think people, when they think goals, they want them to be these huge things. Do something so that your brain and you can obtain that goal, obtainable goals. Do it because it's, I shower every day. (laughs) It needs to be that, you know? Yeah. Because then you are in this thing of like, I did that. You know, and it re- it positively reinforces your mental state to yeah. continue. And now you go into something else.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because I love talking about that, too, because it's a like every new habit gives us confidence to start another habit. Right. And so, like, for me, I've had when I tell people I wake up at 4 a.m. and they go, oh, well, OK, well, I guess I have to do that in order to X, Y, Z. Like, well, obviously, no. Um, but, you know, and if they w- wake up at 6 a.m., I say try 555. Give yourself five minutes. When people say, I don't have time for X, Y, Z, right? To say, I don't have time to to practice gratitude or meditate or stretch or whatever. I just say, give yourself five minutes on the front end of your day or five minutes at the at back end of your day, whatever it is, like small steps. Then if you still decide you want to do this whole 4 a.m. thing, like you got to figure out what time you're going to go to bed, right? Because that's like, it's not just a miracle, right? And so, um, but the daily affirmation, and, and that's one the reason why I put it in the book every day is because the I am is typically us already seeing ourselves, how we how we feel and how we think. Right. So if you say I am yep. a good mother, well, you're already your brains already like neurons are looking for what is a good mother. Not yep. saying like I want to be like, you know, like just saying I want to start a podcast yep. like your brain doesn't know how to do the want Right, but if you say I'm starting a podcast, I'm doing a podcast, then like your brain starts to look for resources to start a podcast, and now you know somebody who has one and does one and could have you start one tomorrow if you wanted to, right? Like, it's just a matter of that, but like it's also thinking about letting go of maybe what we've like you've already like eloquently talked about, and this is the thing I'm super excited that you even brought it up, but like letting go of kind of the what you originally thought. Because what you may actually have and what is coming for you may be so much better than what you had originally thought. And like, that's such yep. a freeing thought as opposed to, I made this choice, therefore my life's not going to, I'm not going to be able to accomplish the goal. Like my mom always wanted to be a doctor, wanted me to be a doctor. And I just talked to her three days ago and just said, are you okay with me not being that? Like, cause she keeps asking me, are you going to be a doctor? Are you going to be a doctor? Like I had to let go and say like, you know, I'm doing okay. Right? Like, because <laughs> she just wants me to be a doctor so I can take care of myself. I get it, right? But at the same time, you know, like I just kind of had to let that go. But I think sometimes people struggle with letting go of what could have been or what should have been or whatever and realize what they have and who they are is maybe even better.
1: It really is. I mean, we can't discredit, though, those feelings because they are part right? We all dream. We all have aspirations. We just picture certain things in our life Um, and that's I think that's healthy to do but even in my example I was finding so many setbacks Mm -hmm. and struggles towards what that I think if we can acknowledge those not use those as days that I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed or life's got me down and use them as like almost the smack in the face or the gut and be like oh uh uh-huh okay So, and then when we're willing to um, be more open about it, I I think it is great. It's better. You know, I look at it this way too. I obviously love that I have the freedom. I get to wake up, you know, we do live in routine. I do believe in routine. Mm -hmm. I think that they're within the routine, mix it up, do a little few sporadic things to keep life interesting. But routine is what's best for, I think, all humans. Um, I think we're just... We're creatures of habit, Um, but uh, we just have to, uh, if you can just, it's the go with the flow, but yet be focused on where you're going, you know, and it's, it's going to be okay or it's not. That's the other thing. It's going to be okay or it's not. You get to decide. We Mm -hmm. get to decide, you know, so I can just keep going and be like, this is awful. I don't like my life. Or like, you know what? I like my life. I, this is fine. Like this is great. I'm going to make the best of it. That is also one of the biggest things we do get to decide how we feel, think, and react to what's being thrown to us in our lives.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, and I hope people listening to that hear that echo um, and and hear that in them and you know their own head thinking, you know, Nicole's right. Like I definitely need to do this. I need definitely need to at least kind of be self-aware a little bit. Right. And even if it's just a small thing, practice one, even if they don't have the five like you have, but just do the one. Um, So do you have, um, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit, but as far as like people that kind of help strengthen and lift and, but like groups maybe, or like something that people, if they do feel like you're feeling, like how do they get connected to more people um, whether it's social media or whatever it may be in the community?
1: So I know you told me about a few groups. I am part of that positive um, group. Are you talking about on Mm -hmm. Facebook that Colleen started? Yeah. Yes. And I think that group is amazing. And I think her reason for starting it too is amazing. And that's her story to tell. But um, I think it's great. And I think that uh, if more people would join it, I think it could even take off even more Um, for me. I have found a network of mothers that are a lot like me on Instagram and a lot of them are right here in Columbia and, um, they just are supportive. You know, they see my stories. I post every day almost on stories on Instagram and they respond with, um, keep your head up or, uh, oh my gosh, let's meet next week and walk on the trail or, I mean, I was even, this was about a year ago, was at the park. One of the first times with both boys, I was at a park, and it was time to go, and we had set the timer, we did it, and I got Theo. Theo was baby, so he was still, like, in the pumpkin seat. Got him in the car with the car on and had to get Hughes and, like, climb up the big thing to get him and then drag him down, and he's screaming and crying, and this other mom, as I'm, like, walking off to the car, just yells, you're not alone and I turned around to her and was just like I love you like kind of moment where you know I also before the boys I mean Caitlin's like the perfect child I we always say that she's not perfect but she was very much if I told her no she's like okay my mom told me no the boys you tell them no and they're like no I gotta find this out myself (laughs) um So, and I was like, what's wrong? I would always be like, why don't you have control of your kids? And now here I am like wrangling the two boys, but it's good to know that I'm not alone and that being the stay at home mom while also still trying to work, you know, I do still have, I have my real estate license and, um, try to work on that too, that I'm not alone. And there's just, I mean, we, the kids can play some, you know, you just have to figure it out. And, um, it's just, it's a support group. There's some, I've never even met, it's, you know, we just talk back and forth about mom tips or, um, again, whatever. And, um, it's interesting cause I was actually telling Caitlin today, my daughter, I was like, it's incredible because girls and girls are mean, right? Girls are mean. Isn't that what we're all told? Like through high school girls are mm. mean, elementary school. Girls are mean. We judge each other. We're catty. But I'm going to tell you that that's just not true. If you can, I think, too, it's how you look at it. You know, I think it's how you look at it. But everybody that I've met in this community on um, basically Instagram is more where it's been at. We just all support each other and we get it. And we are like, go get it, mamas. Like, we can do it. So I don't think there is a specific group. On Instagram, can you do groups on Instagram?
0: I don't know can that you know. can. But, I don't think you can. But
1: I know there's a bunch of groups on Facebook. And yeah. if not, maybe I'll start one. Maybe I should start one somehow. But they're just out there. And there's amazing other women that just want um, – they, they know. I know you know. We know. That's all, too. I think we also want to just feel is that other people know what we're feeling. Um, so –
0: Yeah. Well, I think one thing for sure, like what I just heard from you that I hope is the message is uh, to other people, too. Right. In addition to what you said is the idea of competing with each other. Now it's more relating, um, complementing, whatever. Right. Um, Just in the sense of like, I don't ever want to get anything if someone else couldn't get what they need because of it you know? And so for me, like I've had people say, aren't you worried about other people in the gratitude space? I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't even know what that, no, I, I would love for so many people to be like, yeah, I know about gratitude. I practice it every day. It's no big deal. It's an old thing, right? That's not where we are, but like I want to be a part of something positive that actually helps people see that they're capable and, and strong and significant people And you know, that will help us if we all lift each other up more, we all go up. Right. And that's the goal, you know, and whether it's one person or a group on Facebook or somebody you see on the trail that says, hey, you're doing great. Like just that one little thought thinks, okay, makes you think I'm not alone. I am somebody recognized. Like, you know, again, your affirmation of I'm a good mother. Right. Like that's what that person said to you is I'm a good mother. Yeah that's awesome yeah
1: the other thing i'll say is that you know i get it on instagram and well social media period a lot of people um make their profiles or their um Mm -hmm. what they share to be very intimidating i think you could i could use that word very they're perfect um but they're not and i think if you can realize that understand that nobody is perfect they're human, just as you. So I, there's, I mean, I've had to go through this myself. There's been accounts and these moms, and their their profiles are just perfect, and their stories are just always their kids doing great, and they're doing all the things with their kids, and they're perfect. But they're the ones that they're like, no, I'm not. Let me tell you, you know. And so they are real. I think that if you can just understand that they are, but but they're doing kind of like what you do, and I really like to try to do it too. Is Nobody really wants to share the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that that's not what we're here for. Like you said, we're here to do the positive, uplifting, sharing. Um, And so every so often, you know, I obviously will share like, this is the poop show of the Shelbys today. But I don't want, if I was to always do that, no one would ever. Like, I would be depressed watching it, you Mm -hmm. know. And when I do share it, I like to show how it gets turned around. You know, yeah, yeah, the poop show can be, you know, manure can be turned into um, mulch and help grow your plants. <laughs> right. So you know what I'm saying. So uh, I just think that don't be intimidated by mm-hmm. what you think is the perfect mother account or any perfect account. Um, know that there is a real person and that everybody has feelings, but where they are in their journey may not be where you are, but they could help you get. First.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's so much power in understanding the difference between trying to be like somebody and trying to be somebody, you know, in the sense of like, hey, that person's more positive. That's one thought. But in the sense of I think in social media, like this comparison, uh, like paralysis we put ourselves into, um, you know, that's just uh, kind of like something obviously to be aware of. But also know, like you said, just um, we don't exactly post everything. Right. So like if you go look at my page. You won't find anything that's super sad or depressing probably, but, um, you know, I mean, you know, me and, you know, in some capacity yep. and like life happens, right. And different things happen and it, um, but it's just yeah. a matter of like kind of what we choose to focus on. And again, the thing I want to give out to the world is that it's not that it's anything's perfect, but I just want to try to do the same thing that you're doing. So I'm super, yeah. super grateful for it. you. uh Spending some time, your most precious resource, like you alluded to earlier. Uh, You are fantastic. I'm super glad.
1: (laughs) So are you. I love your sweet life. I think it's awesome.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, so obviously... um, I'm super glad that people got to hear some of your story and they're going to get to hear and learn and grow from, from listening to you. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Um, I don't know what it's going to be about, but I, I, I will be on it if you'll let me, um, because I already know yeah, it's going to be a great thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it will be yeah. it's probably going to be a little more, um, raw, but that's, that's
0: going to be okay. <laughs> Raw's is good. Um,
1: we, as moms, we have to have vices and, um, Sometimes. Yeah. You know, cat and Nat. I'm sure you've heard of the (laughs) mom tropes. Oh yeah. 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 It's not going to be an in between like yours and in between, but it's definitely going to be raw and fun and real and positive. So
0: yeah, well, that'll be perfect. I can't wait for everybody to to enjoy it as well. Um, Thank you again for the time.
1: You too, TJ. Thank you so much. Alrighty. Have a great rest of your day. You too. All right.
0: I want to thank you for making the time to listen to this podcast, and my hope is that you gained a few insights along the way. Please follow me on Instagram at TJSweet7, on Twitter at OneGratefulMind, and on Facebook. But first, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you can be notified when we release new episodes. And remember, no matter what, never stop.